0: It's the morning show that no one knows and no one is talking about. I said no one is talking about, but if they did, they'd probably say it's the best way to start today with Rach and Dave. Good morning. How's everybody doing? It's Thursday morning uh, here. Good morning. How's it going? It's Thursday On the Start Today Morning Show, the morning show that literally nobody is talking about, Rachel Hollis and I, we are people passing like ships in the night. Uh, It's Thursday, and today Rachel has a photo shoot. She's photo shooting. She is downtown in Austin, Texas, somewhere, shooting pictures for the Target extravaganza that is happening momentarily, so I'm excited for her, but because... She is shooting downtown. She is not sitting right here next to me where she normally is uh, co-hosting the morning show that literally no one is talking about. Hello. Good morning. It's nice to see everybody on this Thursday morning. Uh, If you are unfamiliar with what it is that you've stumbled into, I don't blame you. I'm unfamiliar with it as well. This is the Start Today Morning Show. It's the morning show that literally no one is talking about. It's a community of people who do not look the same act the same, vote the same, love the same, believe the same, but because in some part of the differences in community together, man, we're going to chase down all of our dreams and maybe even learn a little bit from each other because of those differences. Hello, you are welcome here. You can sit with us. You know what? It's been a little bit of time. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to be neglectful of what we do on this morning show, so, if you would indulge me, ladies and gentlemen, I bring you the theme song of the Star Today Morning Show, as uh, originally written by The Sarah Sunshine and remixed by Asan, the DJ. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. It's the morning show that no one knows. Oh. And no- a remix, though. Thank you, Asan. Asan is the DJ. Uh, well, he's the DJ with the most, but he is the DJ at all of our events, among other things. He's also just a good friend, and uh, he graciously remixed something that d Sarah Sunshine made originally. Man, I'm excited about that. Y'all, uh, we're part of a community that's finishing up the year strong, last 90 days style, and we've been talking this week about going all-in Yeah, or just Dave. That's right. There's no Ray. That song suggested that there's a Ray. Not today. She's downtown shooting some pictures. Bless up. Uh, We've been talking this week about going all in on one thing. And I was uh, wondering, huh, I wonder what it is that maybe keeps us from going all in on a single thing. And my guess is that there is some kind of fear that is attached to the worry of what might happen if you were to push yourself into uh, that one thing and not have it work exactly as you plan. And so I was thinking maybe we should just spend a second because I am in real time experiencing this belief in there being a thing I know I need to pursue more than almost any other thing. And it scares me a little bit because it's a departure from something that I have previously known, have experience with, and am comfortable sitting in. And so uh, if you, as a part of this challenge, have been challenged by this week, where this suggestion of thinking in the start of a new decade, thinking about uh, the 20s. Can you wait just for a second? Can we pause? You know, we're heading into a new decade. Uh, We're going to refer to this next decade as the 20s. Uh, I can't remember talking about the 20s since I was in history class in high school. We're rolling into something called the 20s, y'all. And as we do, you're going to have to make a decision when you're picking your things that are super, super important, that are the big difference makers, that are the first dominoes that unlock every other thing that you're hoping for in your life. And that is, are you willing to push past? Are you willing to push through the fear of what might happen if you were to focus your energy on the big things that will make a difference and not have them turn out the way that you'd hope. Not have them go exactly as planned. Not have them happen uh, in the way that maybe in your head you think that they will actually happen and then, man, uh, they don't. And so because they might not, you keep yourself from even starting down the path of trying and, uh, and, it, and it's all wrapped up in fear. It's all wrapped up in the worry of what other people will think. I don't know that we're necessarily afraid of failing, but maybe more of what people will think of us for having failed. Um, but I wrote a little bit about the idea of failure in my book, and I thought I would just spend a second reading out of it. Uh, I wrote a book. It's called Get Out of Your Own Way, A Skeptic's Guide to Growth and Fulfillment. The book, it comes out in March. It's available for pre-order right now. I'm excited about it. Proudest thing of my entire life, having written this darn book. But uh, the chapter that I've been uh, spending some time on this week in particular, because of some meetings that we're having ourselves about the thing, the big things that we need to focus on to unlock all of the opportunity for 2020 and the 20s at large are scaring me. They are frightening me. Ah, there she is. Have a good day with your rainbow shirt and your jacket on. Have a good day, Noah. Noah Jr. Love you. I'll see you. Come, up, come back soon. Come back soon. Um, uh, as we're, I'm sitting in real time in meetings where we are having a conversation about our belief in where we think this business is going. And in our belief of where we think this business is going, if you truly believe the things that we are saying in these meetings, then you today in 2019, December, have to commit to some things that will make you uncomfortable if you are going to actually have those things come to pass when you get to 2023, when you get to 2025, when you get to 2027, right? Like, if you... (laughs) If you want the things that you suggest are possible for your life to happen in the next five years, you're going to have to start working on them right now, which means you just have to link arms and decide, yep, that's going to happen. And for us, with the way the business is growing, we're recognizing that space, man, space is at a premium because we have uh, more people than we thought we would inside the company at this point in time, and so we've had to make some scary big decisions about how we today in 2019 how we for the 20s will equip our team for actually being able to do their work and so man we sat down i sat in a room with people who uh, work on designing the layout of land with people who work with engineer humans people that work with the city and the legislative people like It is a thing that is overwhelming-ish for me to think about what is needed for the thing that we're trying to build inside of this business. Because right now you're like, whoa, I am not sure. I am not sure that I am like practical mind ready for all the things that uh, will happen between now and when we're actually standing on some ribbon cutting ceremony five years from now. But if we believe that that's where we're headed, we have to, even though it's scary, even though it creates anxiety or fear that we gotta go and do this. And so I know Ray mentioned that we're you know, working on this campus, but the campus for me is this thing, whoo, that produces some fear. And if you have that kind of fear, love you brother, have a great day, looking fantastic. Um, if you have some fear as well, guess what? It is super, super normal. It's a totally normal emotion. And you have to just, I think, appreciate that if you weren't scared by the things you were pursuing, then you probably aren't pursuing things that are uh, going to have the kind of impact you'd hope for. If you're not doing things that scare you a little bit or that push you outside of your comfort zone or that, you know, make you feel just a little uncomfortable, then dang, you maybe aren't actually tapping into fully pushing yourself into a posture of growth, Right. So I wrote a chapter in this book called The Lie, Failure Means You're Weak. Failure means you're weak. Because for a lot of time in my life, the worry of how my trying to do something that I'd never previously done and having it not work out might indict me as not being good or enough or worthy or you know, like the kind of man that I'd hope to be kept me from doing things that I should have always been doing. And what it has taken just a ton of time and learning is that if I stay in a posture of wanting to avoid failing, then I'm also choosing to stay in a posture that doesn't have growth as a part of my journey. And I have, man, come to totally 100% appreciate that growth is the only way that I can be fulfilled. So in, that, in the same kind of if-then kind of statement, if you'd like to be fulfilled, you have to be growing. If you want to grow, you have to, have to be chasing things that scare you because in the posture of doing things, even though you are scared, that's what courage is, that's where you're going to be pushed out of your comfort zone and in the comfort zone being challenged, you will grow. Uh, so my son, Jackson, uh, in the chapter, I start, uh, I put a little thing up on the, on the Instagram yesterday about um, he went and ran for president, right? He ran for president of his class. He did not, uh, as it turns out, spoiler alert, win the election. And I was in real time as he came to me asking me if he was, uh, you know, like, well, should I run? Of course you should run. It, should I, you know, are you sure I should put myself out there? Of course you should put yourself out there. And as it came closer to the election itself, I was struggling, which sound, this will sound crazy, but go with me. I was struggling with what would help him most in life winning this election and feeling good about having put himself out there and the sense of accomplishment and achievement that comes in having tried hard, worked hard, done the things, campaigned well, and winning. Or would maybe losing this election be Better for him. Wait, Dave, don't you love this human? He he is your spawn. Are you sure you would actually advocate in any way for your kid to not win an election? And I'm telling you, when I have to weigh what will serve him better for the rest of his life, before I knew the results of the election, I was 100% at peace with the reality that if he were to lose, it would be the thing, though it's not what he wants, what he actually needs to create the resiliency, to learn from the survivability of having put himself out there and lost and that it didn't create some lasting long you know, effect that instead it was, you know what? I lost. I got back up. I went back to school. Things were fine. No worries. Let's go, right? I, I, I was a kid who won a, a bit, mostly focusing on things that were more scholastic. I was a nerd. And because I was in environments where I could win, I avoided environments where I could lose, right? What I needed when I was his age was to be put in an environment where I could lose so that I would learn early that losing was not some indictment on me being weak, that losing was not some indictment on me not being good or enough, that losing was something that was for me, that it being for me was going to build resilience, was going to build a sense of survivability, in whatever else was going to come my way. So I avoided it, and it came at the expense of me being as growth-oriented as I could have been if I had just changed the way that I framed uh, the idea of failing in the first place. Jackson put everything into that campaign, but he still lost. It was hard for him to deal with the tendency we all have to feel embarrassed about public defeat. But it proved to be an incredibly rich moment and an opportunity for me as a dad to teach some very valuable lessons. One, failing at something does not make you a failure. Not as a student, not in life, and certainly not as a son of mine. Number two, you never lose when you fail. You only learn from the experience. Number three, the best growth comes from learning from the things that you fail at. The best growth comes from learning from the things that you fail at. And four, the opinions of people sitting on the sidelines should not intimidate you because you've already done something they haven't by putting yourself in the game. So failing at something doesn't make you a failure. So first of all, let's 100% just get that off the table. You are not a failure for trying something. You are not a failure as a student. You're not a failure in life. You're not a failure as a son. You're not a failure as a wife. You're not a failure. Failure is not failure. Failure is an opportunity to learn. The first thing you got to do is acknowledge that it's not and change the way that you assign negative value to the idea of failure. Two, you, you never lose when you fail. You only learn. You only learn from the experience. So if you truly can adopt a mindset, that says, man, I am in pursuit of learning because learning is a vehicle for growth and growth is the only way I can be fulfilled. I want to learn. How can I learn? You better start chasing failure. Jackson Hollis or any Hollis, non-Hollises, you better start chasing failure. The best growth comes from learning from the things that you fail at. You may in fact learn things when you win. You may, in fact, learn the right way to make things, to do things, to be things, to show up for other people. When things are going well, you may learn. But when you can do something that you are not yet good at and it doesn't work out, you will learn unbelievably more than the times when you do something that you actually work out well. So if you can appreciate that, you know what, these mistakes, this failure, these things, they're for me. Dang it. So, so important and will just fundamentally change the way as we approach the the decade. It's the 20s. As we approach the 20s, if you can think differently about failure, dang it, your whole decade will be different. And that the opinion of other people sitting on the sidelines should not intimidate you because you've already done something they haven't by putting yourself in the game. Most of what you're afraid of, most of what I'm afraid of as I sit in this room and I have this conversation about this humongous idea is what if we do all this work and it doesn't work perfectly? What if we do all this work and it doesn't work perfectly and we're judged by other people? And the headline is any other person that might judge us for the pursuit of building out a campus, of trying to grow a company, of thinking about how we can have maximum impact by job creation isn't actually doing those things already. So their opinion on how we do it, even when we fail, because trust me, we fail about four times an hour, has nothing to do with me. They do not have any authority over whether the pursuit of our building our business is good, bad, or otherwise. They can have an opinion. It doesn't matter to me. They're not in my arena. They aren't doing this work. And whatever your thing is, they likely aren't in your arena either. The people that you're most worried about failing in front of are not even trying to do the thing that you're wanting to do. So why would you give weight? Why would you give power to their having an opinion about your pursuit and not getting it perfectly right when they won't even try? Let go of that. People are asking, what's the book called? It's called Get Out of Your Own Way. A Skeptic's Guide to Growth and Fulfillment. Now, I end every chapter. There's 20 chapters, 20 lies that I once believed that kept me in my way. And in debunking the lie, I now, in the truth that I can see, am uh, better. And I, and I finish each chapter with three tactical, tangible points of advice that if you relate in any way to this is a thing that's blocked you from being as exceptional as whatever it might be in your life, let's go. So I'm going to read you just to give you a sense of what the end of these chapters look like, what the end of chapter things that work for me sound like. Things that helped me. One, I found the clear connection between stability and unfulfillment. As a person who'd put an extraordinary priority on stability and certainty, When the very thing I'd consider so important became a prison that kept me from fully using my potential, I could see that my understanding of how things work needed to change. If certainty led to unfulfillment, uncertainty must lead to fulfillment. I started testing that hypothesis and sure enough, in seasons of uncertainty, though they invited more failures, the growth that came from the lack of safe stability produced unbelievably more wins. Right. So I had a, a mindset. I had a, a mentality that said, if you can control the variables, if you can predict the future, if you can do the work to create like, predictable outcomes, certainty, then you will be happy. And I had, man, as a person who manages expectations, I had done so much in making sure that there was predictability and certainty in my life, which is also a ridiculous thing to say because you cannot actually produce any real predictability or certainty in your life. You can convince yourself that you can. So I avoided uncertain things, and in the avoidance of uncertain things, I wasn't growing, and in the absence of growth, I was unfulfilled. So I had to just fundamentally change the way I saw uncertainty as the key to unlock growth, to unlock fulfillment. Number two, I looked for examples of people who'd failed their way to success. It may sound crazy, but it's not a difficult search for every business you respect, every CEO you admire, almost every time their story shows how they're standing on top of layer after layer of failures, not successes. Familiar self, familiarize yourself with as many stories like these as possible and it will take the stigma of failure and turn it on its head, making it seem as though real success isn't possible without failure since it's not. Right? There's something about seeing proof for me in other people having tiptoed into spaces of uncertainty, of having failed forward, of having like done things that other people wouldn't for the fruit that other people don't receive whoo! it has been such a gift to be able to see their stories and take away any of the ridiculous like maybe this thing will happen no no no. if this person had an experience with failure and it served them as well as it did why wouldn't that same experience with failures, failure serve me as well as it did every single leader every single CEO every single business that you admire I promise you it's 100% guarantee has taken failure and turned it into power, has stacked all of what they've built on top of learning from failure and learning from failure and learning from failure. And if you want what they have, you will have to adopt the same mentality. You, If you don't, by the way, and if you don't, that's okay. But if you can't change the way that you associate opportunity with failure, then you will limit your opportunity. And that's it. The, fo- the third thing, the third thing. I forced myself to say yes to things that made me feel uncomfortable. Well, that seems like a pretty simple thing. Uh, in this new enterprise of ours, vulnerability is a daily requirement with live streams like this one, podcasts and book writing. Transitioning from a world where I was cautious about how much of my real self I showed made most of these things feel hard at first. I was worried about failing something at something new. This move into unbelievable transparency has become strangely normal and over time easier to do. I'm not saying you should do what I do every day, but if you're worried about failing as a public speaker, go out and speak. Don't love to sell? Pick up the phone and fail at making a sale 25 times before you get a sale on the 26th. Want to get into shape but don't know how to start? Start, fail, learn, repeat. It gets easier Whatever it is. So I'm here doing a live stream. I'm excited about doing a live stream. And if you went to look at a live stream that I did a year ago, two years ago, I was not comfortable. I probably wasn't even that totally transparently honest about what I was really feeling because I was still trying to provide an image of what I thought y'all wanted to see as opposed to how I really felt or it looked. In writing this book, I tell, man every single bit of what I was really feeling during the struggles of my life. When I sit here in front of you, I'm going to be as honest as I possibly can because I've now become comfortable with it and whatever it is in your life, as you approach 2020 and you're thinking about the thing, the big thing or the couple of big things that you know you need to do, you may need to tiptoe into changing the way that you feel uncomfortable about them by taking small bites at first. I had to take some small bites. Small bite, small bite, small bite, and over time created a, an immunotherapy kind of approach to inoculating myself from the worry, from the fear, from the, you know, thinking it not an awesome thing to get this opportunity to sit here and hang out with y'all every single day. You're going to need to figure out how do you get that little dose, dose, dose until all of a sudden chasing the thing that scares you doesn't feel like a thing that's going to be overwhelming. It feels like the opportunity that it actually is. Yo, we have reached the last 5 minutes of this morning's Star Today Morning Show live stream. Let's do some Q&A. Uh, will the book be available on Audible straight away? Darn right. I recorded the entire thing in my own voice. If you are interested in this book, you are welcome to buy it uh, right this second. It doesn't come out till March, but if you pre-order it today, the first 30 minutes of the book is something you can listen to right this very second. I recorded it. It exists. Go to Get Out of Your Own Way, the book. Dot com, uh, in January, the first week of January, as a thank you for anyone who has pre-ordered this in addition to the 30 minutes, you're also gonna get an e-course that I recorded, it's about 40 minutes long, 45 minutes long, on how to find your why. So it's a it's a resource for the start of the 20s. Uh if you are a person who's like, man, I know I have gifts. I know how to do, I I know I have these gifts, but I just don't know what they are here for. Uh, I made something that I think is a great resource that hopefully will help you start the year off well. If you go to getoutofyourownwaythebook.com and throw your detail in there, you're going to get that sent to you uh, the first week in January to start our 20s outright. So I'm excited about that. Uh, Let's see. Uh, will we need to buy tickets beforehand for the book tour? You are darn right you will. Uh, if you have not heard, I am going to be doing a book tour in, uh, March and April of next year. I'm super, super excited about that. It's, uh, 23 or four cities, 24 cities, holy cow. Uh, and, uh, they start on March 12th. So we will, the first week in... Uh, in the first week of January, a landing page is going to go up. You're going to have an opportunity to, in real time, see all the venues, and then if you are interested, you can buy tickets starting the first week in January. We'll let everyone know about it. I'm I'm so excited. And the and the you know the event itself, it's going to be me rolling up on stage, talking a little bit about the book, reading a little bit from it, telling some stories that were you know in the book, but also some stories that aren't, and then turning it into a bit of a Q&A, taking some pictures, having some fun. Uh, hopefully, it makes you laugh and think, challenges challenges you a little bit, and gets you fired up for 2020. Uh, the website uh, for the book is getoutofyourownwaythebook.com. Uh, and I'm coming to, like I say, 23 cities uh, outside of maybe Florida, uh, Alaska and Hawaii. If you live in the U.S. or, or near Toronto, I'm telling you, I am coming for you. I'm I'm coming to uh, Toronto uh, in Canada and then a a bunch of cities in the U.S. Uh, Let's see. Will I be in D.C.? I think I am coming to D.C. I don't remember if I'm coming to D.C. We'll see. Uh, Yeah, Europe is a thing that I'm going to do, but probably not until uh, we get closer to Rise in London, which is in August. Uh, How am I going to handle leading the team while I'm on the road? Uh, We are building a plan out in real time to make sure that I can uh, lead the humans on the operational side. Ray-Ray Hollis will be obviously leading all the things that she does on the creative side. Uh, We'll we'll figure it out. We have such a great team. I'm super, super excited about that. Uh, Let's see. When does coaching start? Coaching. I'm doing coaching this year. Very excited about coaching. It is coming Uh, January 15th is the first coaching date. There is uh, life coaching and there is career coaching. So if you are interested in being a part of a coaching uh, series with me, uh, each of the coaching sessions are uh, between an hour and a half and two hours long. They are pre-recorded with homework. You get them, uh, except for January, on the first Tuesday of each month. And then we have a live Q&A. Let's talk about all the things you learned in the coaching and uh, the homework. On the second Wednesday for life and the third Wednesday for career coaching in the evening so that we can accommodate people having obviously other things in life that might distract them on the every other day, uh, middle of the day kind of thing. Uh, how is Noah? I mean honestly, if you saw my stories, this poor baby, uh, both Ray and I are dealing with a little bit of this cedar fever, but uh, the baby is uh, definitely experiencing it in real time. She is not her uh, her most normal. Uh, self, because she's all stuffy and coughing right now, but she'll be okay. Thank you for asking. I did, I recorded uh, the next Tea Time with Noah episode uh, yesterday morning. Uh, I was trying to explain this reality that, I mean, imagine trying to explain this to a two year old who's dealing with a little bit of stuffy headedness. Noah, there are two paths. And you will be at some point seeing opportunity, fulfillment, the the calling of your life at the end of a path that has rocky roads and looks a little more difficult. And there will be another path that is the easy path, but it doesn't lead to fulfillment. And you are going to have to decide if you're going to persevere through the path of harder things to get to something that unlocks all of your potential. She's like, I have a runny nose. Okay, this this may be a lesson that will go over your head, but dang it, I am trying, Noah Hollis. Give me a break. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Thursday. Uh, oh, there's a new episode of the Rise Together podcast up. Our uh, our very good friends uh, are uh, 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 write up this dude next. Write a book for kids. You know what? I think I'm going to turn this Tea Time with Noah into a kids book. It feels like it feels like a thing. I think I I think I need to do it. I, the, the book feels like it's writing itself. She's so stinking funny. I love these messages. It's really great. Um, the uh, the episode today on the Rise Together podcast, our friends Sammy and Beans are in town because we have our holiday Christmas party is happening tomorrow night. And uh, Beans is the host, if you've not ever been, the MC of our Rise podcast. Uh, conferences. And so she and her wife Sammy are in town and they were the guests on the Rise Together podcast. I really encourage you to listen in. It's a fantastic conversation. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow. By we, I do mean Rachel Hollis and I. We're going to be together. I miss that lady. Where is she? She's downtown and we're coming on back uh, together. Have yourself a fantastic Thursday. Start thinking about how you are going to have to embrace the fear and push past it for the thing you hope for in 2020 right i am in real time having i'm i'm coaching myself as much as i am you in real time i have to also embrace doing this scared Because the pursuit, the calling, the mission that we have ahead, it's going to require persevering through the fear that I have at the same time. I can hold that you can be frightened by something and pursue it. That's the definition of courage. Go get some courage on and start thinking about how you're going to have to push past fear in 2020. We will see you all tomorrow on the Start Today Morning Extravaganza. Bye, y'all.